Hello, everyone. I am Kristen Crockett, and welcome to another episode of Courageous Destiny, Creating Your Own Rules of Empowerment. And I am so excited today and honored to have Moira Gorski. Did I pronounce that right? I did, right? <laughs> you did, yeah. Oh, good. On my show today, Moira is a wellness entrepreneur, and she has her own podcast, Juggling the Chaos of Recovery. And I am so excited, Moira, to have you on. I know that I was also on your podcast and, you know, we reconnected. We've been friends for a while, but we reconnected. I know when um, I was sharing a little bit about my, you know, celebrating my one year anniversary in sobriety. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of got this idea that how amazing would it be, you know, to share with the world some of our stories. You know, and there's the the courageousness for myself, you know, on the recovery end and to be able to, you know, I'm always going to be in recovery. And here I am, you know, what, two and a half years later and, and still sober. But there's also the courageousness that happens on the people, you know, who are loving us people in recovery. And so I'm just so honored to have you on my show. And I, you know, I would love it if I could turn it over to you for a while and you could just share some of your story with us. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. It's, I'm thrilled to be here too. And as you know, I love to connect with people and I believe that everybody's story, I mean, everybody's story has meaning and many times we don't believe that. And we feel like our stories are too messy and um, so we shouldn't share it, but um but I, I feel differently. And I love that you're doing this too, um, to show how people um, are courageous in their life to share their story. And, um, you know, I think as we, there's so many parts of my story, I suppose that I could share, but I think what's most appropriate for today is that as we talk about, um, you know, you celebrating your sobriety and I've, um, I'm somebody that had an eating disorder in college and um, did recover from that. Uh, and um, by the grace of God and um, lots of friends and things like that and went on to enjoy a, a life in nursing and medical sales and married and had children and uh, went on to start a wellness business and that's all really good. And then um, about six years or so ago, our daughter was diagnosed with a life-threatening mental health disorder um, called anorexia and she started to struggle with that. And um, boy, when your past, when my past was seemingly yeah. repeating itself in front of my face, it was a pretty tough, it was a, it was a, it was a type of pain that I really never experienced. You know, it just was, it really took me back. And, um, you know, I went into high gear and to try to help my daughter and do as much as we could do to help her with the struggle that she was, you know, falling falling into and that was really taking over her life. And um, it has been an up and down journey for the last six years. And um, she is still in that, in the fight. She just um, headed off to a different treatment facility uh, the beginning of this week. And uh, it's been quite a journey. And I don't, I hold space for her to tell her story one day um, and her wonderful story of recovery and what she's learned. So I won't go into that, but I think what's important is um, just for me to share again, my, like you said, there are those 
that are struggling, but there are those that love those that struggle. And we mm-hmm. sit in this space of, and that was really my, that was really my reason for starting my podcast because I just wanted to give light to the struggle of a mom or a dad or a caregiver or a friend that sits on this side and watches that person that they love struggle and feel like they're very helpless and that maybe there's no hope for that. And, um, and, 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 um, relationships are damaged and words are, you know, words are said, and it's just sleepless nights and tears are cried and things like that. And so that's the position that I've been in watching my daughter. Um, and it really started, I realized the full effect of stress that can have on your health. Um, because my health started to decline a couple of day, a couple of years into that, and um, and I wasn't handling it well. And some good friends of mine, thankfully, said, "You know what? You've got to take care of yourself. Like you've, you have to trust the professionals, if you will, to help your daughter, and you have to start taking care of yourself." And you know, they invited me to things and um, meetings or retreats, and I wasn't really sure some of the things, but I just said, okay, I'll go. And so I started to learn about how to take care of myself. And it seems really simple, like, but it's really not. I think I grew up in a, I mean, my background's in nursing. I love to take care of other people. I think I'm a nurturer. Um, I'm a connector. I just want to talk. I want to talk about feelings and I want to help. But I realized that I, I always have a hard time asking for help for myself. And that's part of taking care of yourself is to, that it's okay. You know, I felt like if I asked for help, then that meant that I was less than, that I was weak. You know, it was, mm-hmm. a, you know, it was chaotic. It was a crisis. I couldn't do it. And really I learned that it's not, I mean, there are times, certainly times that I've done that. Certainly times I've called my husband and said, listen, I can't talk to that therapist one more time, or you need to get on the phone with your daughter or whatever the case is. But there are plenty of times that like asking for help is like calling a friend and saying, Hey, can you, I'm having a rough day. Can you just be on the phone with me? Or can we go for a walk or can we go to a movie? If we ever can go back to movies or, you know, let's go out to dinner or things like that. That's, or, you know what, I'm going upstairs to take a bath and please nobody come in the door. Like, unless you're bleeding but your father's home. So you can go and talk to your father too. You know, I mean, those kind of things like that's, that's what I learned is that I needed to start taking care of myself because then I was, and we've heard it when we take an airplane ride, like put the oxygen mask on your first yourself so that you can take care of those next to you. And I heard that all, but I really wasn't doing that. And so I started to do that. And as much as, again, it was, it took me a while to kind of get used to it. I really saw that I started to feel better and I started to show up differently. And it's still something that I work on every day, but just saying, you know what, this is what I'm doing. This is, that's what you're doing. That's your choice. I have a choice. And again, just taking care of myself so I can be that, you know, I think as parents, we're those bumpers that they can bump up against. You know, and if we're a good living example, they can kind of bump up against us and maybe they might have a little rough time here and there, but we have to be that strong or we should be that strong example for them. You know, I, I lead a big team of wellness professionals. I mean, I need to be that example for them. Um, and, um, and just again, stand in my own power and my own truth. Um, 
and take care of myself first. And not to say that I don't have struggles, but I think that's really what I learned during this last year, you know, this last six year journey that I've been on with her. Well, and I love that you say that, you know, I I know even in recovery, like the one thing I learned is I can't control other people. I can't control people, places or things. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the anger and the frustration that would lead, lead me to want to escape. You know, I'm like, I was trying to control things I had no control over in the first place. And here I am reaching out to, you know, and then it would just get so taxing and so wearing, you know, and for me, you know, I would quit drinking for so long. And then it was like, I've got, I've got to go and relieve some of the stress that I have, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I never really thought of it like, oh, well, I'm trying to control other people. Mm-hmm. Right. I never thought of it like that, you know, so it was very, it was very interesting, you know, and, and it was just very simple things. It wasn't like I was trying to control people to do my will for me. It was like, oh, well, I really want my kids to be happy and healthy. And when I wasn't seeing it going in that direction and I would, you know, try to manipulate the situation, you know, and I would get really upset. It's like, I have no control here, you know, and then I would get really upset about it. I need to escape. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I also learned on my journey was if I want something for somebody else, then I create that example in me. Mm. You know, because we are always mirroring each other and we are always modeling each other. Right. And so I love that you said I created myself as the, you know, you said it's to be that living example. Mm -hmm. Like I want my daughter to be well. It's not going the way I want right now. But dang it, I'm going to show her how it's like for mom to be well so that she has that example. And that, you know, that to me is like one of the most courageous things to do. It takes a lot of faith because I'm sure there's part of you that's like, get healthy, right? Right. You can do this. Yeah. Well, and I think that part of what I try to do in my life too, is just to be authentic, to not be, I did grow up in this, you know, English background where, you know, you just talked about the good stuff. You didn't talk about the struggles. And so I've tried to, um, you know, these days I try not to hide the fact that, you know what, I'm not, you know, if it's a day that this isn't going well, I mean, I'll cry in front of my kids. I didn't used to cry in front of my kids. Not, I didn't think so like, oh, intentionally, I'm not going to cry, but I've cried more in front of them um, than I have in many years past, because it's like, okay, I'm just not having a good day. It's, I don't want to put this like false look of life, like, oh, it's always great. No, there are struggles. And I think we need to show that to our, our kids and to our you know, family. Like, yes, we need to be the living example, but the example is that not every day is perfect and we can have bad yes. days. We need, we need a break and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like those boundaries, which is I, I'm still learning, is like the boundaries are how we want other people to treat us. You know, it used to be like, I didn't really think about it that way, but I've really learned that like, hey, wh- you know what? That's not acceptable to me. Instead of like just going along, oh, everything's great. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's really not. The way that you talk to me, that's really not acceptable. Or, you know, whatever, just as a for example. Yeah, in my journey in the last eight years, I think, you know, I also call myself a recovering people pleaser. 
<laughs> because I was the same, you know, I, you know, that whole example, like you said, I love that you brought that up, that it's also to be the example of not putting up a phony facade, right? Not just going, oh, everything's great, you know, you know, I, you know, I know that I have like several experiences with various clients, for example, that I've got to look great for my kids. I've got to always have it together. I've got to be that, that pillar of strength. And part of it is actually, but if we keep showing them just the pillar of strength, they won't ever, they'll think they're themselves wrong for being upset. And then they'll hide that upset. Yes. And they won't be able to show that to the world. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to be vulnerable and they, and they'll think of themselves wrong for doing that. Right. I loved what you said. And I never quite thought about that that way. So I loved what you said. So thank you. I always, whenever I, I swear, like in my podcast, whenever I'm coaching, whenever I'm in my, co- I always learn something new. So I love that. I love oh, that. I just, yeah, I recorded an episode <laughs> at noon today and um, for mine. And uh, I, that's what I told her. I said, you know, I've been do- at this almost a year and I love to share the stories that I ha- have the ability to share, like with yours, but like with every episode, I learned something. And I was like, oh, that was great. And I said that I was like, oh, that was something I didn't know. I was thankful to learn that. So it's, um, it's good. We put these, we put this out for others, but you know, it's really out for us as well, you know, to learn. Absolutely. And I'm always about, to me, I'm, if I say today, I'm addicted to growth <laughs> and evolution. That's good. That's <laughs> I, evolve good myself, I want to evolve other people. And I want, I want people to be able to grow, you know, mm-hmm. toward whatever it is that they want. So, and, and myself included. Mm-hmm. So when you, you talked about boundaries, you talked about boundaries and what was that like creating those boundaries and how did you identify when you needed to create a boundary? What was happening? Well, you know, as I was thinking about this and again, the title of, and what you do with your work with, you know, helping people being courageous and sharing their courageous stories. I think the most courageous boundary time, you know, that I set a boundary and realized is a couple of years ago when um, our daughter was at a treatment facility and things weren't going well. She was not being compliant. She was, I mean, she is, is quite ill. So that's not in her favor, but um, the facility gave her another chance and gave her another chance. And then they called and said in 72 hours, she's out and you need to buy her a plane ticket home. And she's no longer welcome here. And it's tough any day, but when it's like New Year's Eve day or something, I mean, it was just, it was a tough day. And I, I taught, and I knew she, she wasn't well to come home. I mean, she hadn't done her work and I told her she couldn't come home. And that was, and that, and I said, you have to find some, you have to find some place to live. You need to find a, we, you need to find another treatment facility, but you can't come home. And Um, that was pretty tough. That was a pretty courageous, you know, as I was preparing, I'm like, that was a pretty courageous thing for me to do. It was not easy. Um, she was out, she was a plane ride away. And so when she's been in other treatment facilities, 
I've been able to get in the car and drive and get her, even if it was a couple of hours, but I wasn't able to do that. So it was, I guess, easier for me to say, sorry, you can't come home and I'm not coming to get you. Um, but um, it was tough. I mean, that was, but that was like for her good as well as our good. Cause she, when she's home and she's deep in her addiction and disorder, it is so disrupting around here. And I told her, I said, as she's, you know, I said, it's, I love you. You're my daughter. I want you home, but I don't want your disorder here. I don't want your addiction. I don't want that here. And that's not welcomed here. And really you need to, you know, cause people have said like, again, when are they going to take responsibility and do the hard work and do the recovery? And they're like, sometimes you have to do the tough love. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try this. I thought it might work. And honestly, she, um, my brother opened up his arms and said, sure, you can come live here with us for a little bit. And um, so she went to Denver. And honestly, it kind of, it started to look like that was going to be a good thing. Um, she was, um, she was in a place that nobody knew her name, you know, and she was, she said, I feel like, and I said, it's up to you. Like, if you want to go to a treatment place or get an outside team or whatever, but I can't like, I can't do this anymore. You have to take some. And so she chose to live with my brother, get an outside treatment team. And it seemed to be going well. Cause she said, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a new place for me, mom. I can start a new future for myself. Cause I, it's not like the same, you know, you come back. And so that was, it made me feel good about the boundary that I drew. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't last, but a couple of months. And again, she's continues on her journey. But as a mom, I mean, that was, again, I, I, I don't know. It came out of my mouth and said, you can't, you can't be here. And it's tough. But I bought her a plane ticket to Denver. I said, fine, go to Denver and you figure it out. And to tell your 20, 20 year old, just go be on your own. It's tough to do. But again, I'm like four years in, like what else? We've done everything we could do, you know, it seemed like. So that's, again, when those, you know, we set those boundaries. I'm learning that you set it for them as well as for us. Like you can't, I can't have you here. Well, I know there's that whole term of enablement too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if we keep making it so comfortable for the people in our lives, like I can't tell you how many people, you know, even today, you know, say to me, oh, well, you didn't have that much of a problem. Like that what really wasn't a big deal, you know, and that that's, of course, one of the things my mind wants to think, you know, but that wasn't the case. I knew the truth. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I say the same. I said the same thing to someone um, this morning that I was talking with. And I said, you know, um, I had, you know, I had an eating disorder in college and it wasn't as bad as my daughter's. It's not as bad as some of these other stories that I share on my podcast, but I know the truth. I know the truth that I was struggling with feeling like I was in control of my life and my decisions that I was making. And I chose to restrict my food. That's an eating disorder. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, it has to be super bad or like you have to, you know, again, the really bad alcoholic or the not so much bad. I mean, it doesn't matter the scale. Like you said, you knew the truth. I knew the truth that there was something wrong there that was off in, in me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I remembered 
you know, there was there was a, a gentleman at one point had said to me, if you consider if you consider that, you know, the disease of alcoholism is is a skyscraper and the top of the skyscraper is the bar. You don't have to wait until you get all the way down to the floor to get off the to get off the elevator. And I think that's so true with so many different addictions, mm-hmm. you know, or eating disorders, right? You don't have to wait until it's so bad that you could lose your life. You know, if you could see it going that, you know, for me, it was like, wow, I see this. I better get off that elevator. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's exactly what I did. But well, I've got to, you know, and for me, it was one of the most courageous things that I, that I've done, but I love, you know, I love what you said though about the boundaries because they're, that is, to me, that's one of the most courageous things a mom can do what you said. I know I'm flipping right back to that topic, but I'm like, it is, I want to make sure my listeners get the full gravity of that because you have an adult child. They're still, they're still your child. Mm -hmm. And you know that they don't have the money or the means or the resources to support themselves and still the only way for them, for you to force action, you can't control what they do, but you can't control whether or not you enable them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've had her call at time again, once they get to be 21, they can kind of make their choices, like if they're right. in a facility or not. And she's, you know, she, I remember she called once and said, you know what, I'm going to this other one, but they don't have a bed yet. So I'm just going to leave this one. I'm like, where are you going? You're in California. She's like, well, I'll figure it out. I mean, I didn't have to draw a boundary. I just had to hang up the phone and then try to figure out how to deal with my feelings of being so scared that my daughter was like, it was right before the election. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen when the election, you know, it's all of this, but that gets back to that. Like I've learned how to take care of myself. Like I know Mm -hmm. that like that night I went upstairs and, um, did this whole body scan meditation because I was so dysregulated, if you will. Yeah, you had that fear, right? I was so afraid. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm so far away and I can't help her. But again, that was her choice. So I could either, you know, choose to pick up my glass of wine, you know, or I could go, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a meditation because I learned that that's the better thing for me to do, you know, than eat the chocolate or drink the wine or, you know, whatever, it's like, that's a better choice because man, once I do that, I feel so much more balanced. And again, that was my kind of, that's the way I can take care of myself in that situation when you're so, and that's not the only day that, that I've been so afraid for the health and the life of my daughter or any of my children. You know, I've gotten a couple of bad phone calls that you're just like, you're so worried. So, you know, you got, I just, what I, I learned Learn the, I say that on my, my podcast, like you learn what you can put in your tool belt so that when you need right. it, you can take it out. You know, I love that. I actually, I, I, you know, there's many of my clients, for example, that will suffer from anxiety, you know, and a lot of them are experts on how to deal with anxiety. You know, I don't work with people just from anxiety. We're going for a specific goal, but if that's something that they they've had to deal with, it's certainly something that we can discuss from time to time. And it's like, okay, well, what? Create a list of 25 things that you are that you know what to do when you start feeling that attack coming on. 
Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they can do it because they've been dealing with it so long. And I'm like, and then whenever that is happening, that's your, that's your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Right. That's your go-to. So you start at one, right? Right. And you're just connecting to the breath and then so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's when you feel the fear. And I love how you said, I feel the fear. I feel this overwhelming amount of, of worry, but I know what to do. And that's courageous. Mm-hmm. You're not being a victim to the fear. You're creating something new that you know will work to help, you know, right. help, help generate the opposite feeling mm-hmm. and get you present with yourself. Like meditation is so amazing mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to be able to do that instead of, an, of some kind of an escape that would damage us in some way. Exactly. You know, how many people are like, Okay, where's the takeout menu? Or right. <laughs> right. here's the brownie mix. <laughs> right. Here's a bottle of wine. Here's the takeout menu. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of times that I've done that, right? You know, just watch <laughs> the TV program with a glass of wine, you know. But again, I like what you said. You know, we we if we can have that awareness and then we have the ability to choose. Right. That's what I love right. about you know, I talk about that, like, if we can slow down enough to notice, like, what's really going on here, then we have a chance to choose, we can then make a choice of that's going to move us forward. But sometimes we're just too, again, in our own head or in our own way, or um, just going through life too fast, that we just don't even notice, like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I so sad? Why am I like, I was like I said, the beginning of this week was I don't know if I was talking to you, but, but the beginning of this week was a little tough. Usually when my daughter goes to a treatment place, it's kind of like a, you know, deep breath and like somebody else is taking care of her. But the beginning of this week was just tough for me. And I was trying to figure it out. Like I was at my dance lesson and I was, at, and I was like really like emotional. And I'm like, I don't know it, I don't know what it was, but I think it was a combination of many things that like, it just wasn't as easy this time when she left for whatever reason, but I was just like, okay, I didn't have the best lesson. I didn't have the best day. I might've shed a few tears. It's just the way, you know, it's the way it is. But again, slowing down enough to notice it instead of being in the past, I would have been just so mad. Like, why am I so, you know, I shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't be this way. It's like, well, you know what? There's a lot going on in your life, Moira. And uh, (laughs) you have the right to be sad. Yeah, you have the right to accept, you know, one of the big parts of recovery is acceptance, Mm -hmm. right? Acceptance of the self, wherever it is that you're at. Right. And to me as a coach, one of my favorite things to coach is then to love yourself right where you're at. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not I love myself when I do a great job. And I, you know, I've had an amazing week and I've grown my business in it. You know, those are, of course, times to celebrate. There's nothing wrong with that, but I want to love myself, you know, when I wake up late, when, you know, oh, when like when you, yeah, <laughs> you pull in the, when you pull in the garage and you pull too close to the Jeep next to you and you pull a piece of your car off, like I did yesterday. I was oh like, my <laughs> Moira, I hit my ex-husband's and he'll laugh at me saying this on the podcast, parked car. Right. I accidentally slid into him and I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
And it's hilarious, but I love myself doing that, you know? Oh, yeah, and I love, I'm like, I've never done that. Like, but again, I was like, I just, but I think the Jeep was a little farther because we got all this snow and I was yeah. <laughs> so I was too close. I was like, oh, I get out. I'm like, was that my car? I'm like, sure enough, there's a piece over the wheel that just popped off. I'm like, great, great. More yep, money. I <laughs> And I told I told him like your parked car just leapt out at me. <laughs> of course, it just popped right in front of yours. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh man. All right. Well, I've got to ask this of all my guests. I have okay. thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I oh, can't. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, what is the most courageous thing that you've done? And I think you've already touched on it, but we'll let you yeah. take it take a consideration at that again. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, again, I, th I think really what I've, my journey that I've been on the last uh, many, you know, the last six years or so has really been, um, been a courageous journey for sure. Um, and just to even lighten it up though is, and I know that I shared a little bit, I mean, I started ballroom dancing. Like I really started taking care of myself, like doing something that I did, had no idea about, except that I just wanted to go have some fun. Mm -hmm. And so I walked into a dance studio in July of last year in my neighboring town and said, Hey, I want to take a class. And I did. And uh, two weeks ago, uh, because I've learned to love it so much, and I've learned that ballroom dance is just a metaphor for life. I mean, what I'm learning about dancing is translating into my, my life. And, um, and a courageous thing I did with that, besides continuing on, is that I entered a competition. I entered a dance competition. I don't, know if, you, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I entered a competition. I spent a lot of money. I wore one of the sparkly dresses. I had my hair done, my eyelashes, everything. And I competed in a competition. And I got I to love it. just even to make the decision, it made it. It it taught me so much about my own fears and getting out of my own way. But I finally decided that I was in my way and I should just get out of it and go do something fun that's so out of my realm of, and I did it. And I came home with a third place medal in my division and it was awesome, even though it was so scary and nerve wracking because I've never done it. Like, but that's, I wow. think, the of courage when you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of my comfort zone but I'm going to do it anyway. So on a really fun note, I mean, that's, I did that a couple of weeks ago and I feel like that's one of that's the big, super fun, super fun things that I've done. Yeah. Well, and what I love, you know, it's funny. I remember one of the coaching sessions that I had and I was trying to determine whether I was going to take a job in corporate America, or I was going to really make the entrepreneur and coaching thing work. And I remember saying to my coach, I'm like, coach, like what, like, are you sure I'm going to make it? Like, I, I need to know the pathway. I'm like, what do I, you know, like I needed to be certain. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know what? I don't know about you. He goes, but if life were certain, wouldn't it be boring? Mm -hmm. And it was ever since that coaching call that I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be certain about what's going to happen. I love to take on things that I don't normally do. And but I think we're all looking for that certainty. Like what's it right. going to do? And 
I mean, a similar thing. I had a conversation with my friend and I was like, what's going on with me? I just went to dance and I feel like there's some times that I'm so emotional about it. And she said, well, it's changing you. And I'm like, I don't know. And I, she goes, but haven't you been praying for something that would come into your life, come into your business, would kind of like just change things and make it better? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yes, but I didn't expect it to be a 36 year old from Moldova, you know, who, <laughs> you know, is that I'm dancing with. But again, it, they, it all comes in, it's that uncertainty of life, but if we can trust it enough, and again, put ourselves first and say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be courageous. I'm gonna try something completely new and I'm just gonna see what happens. So it's been a fun journey and, and I keep, I plan on doing, doing more. I have a dance lesson after this, so. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, that's going to be on my bucket list for sure, because I love to dance. I was tap dancing since I, I can even remember. And I, and I oh. haven't danced for years. And oh, I would you should that. come and take a class. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. One more, one more question. And we're going to wrap this up. What's on the bucket list. What's that one courageous thing that you want to make sure that you do. It's still on the bucket list. Yeah, I um, I would really love to create retreats, either a retreat or have a retreat center, a home, like a place that I can go that's like on the water, my husband, and I can go and all that, but that I can invite women to for a place of healing and solace. I mean, I would, that's really a dream of mine because I've seen the importance of that. And I know so many wonderful women that could, I know personal chefs, I know Reiki and energy and massage. Like I know all these wonderful people that have helped me and that, you know, could surround these women. I just, I would love to do that sometime in my life. And um, so that's really, besides travel, like I got to get on a plane, I got to get to Australia and New Zealand and, <laughs> Swiss Alps and, you know, those type of in Costa Rica, but really, I really, with my business, I just like to have in my life, I want to have an impact. And I feel like I just, I really would like to have some type of, uh, and again, it doesn't have to be a retreat center, but I feel like in my meditations, I feel like it's a home. It's a home on water, which I love, but that I can sometimes say to my friends, why don't you come up for a weekend? We'll do some healing. We'll drink some tea. We'll read some books. We'll have a fire. We'll throw all our, we'll scream and yell and cry and do all those things and take care of ourselves. I would love, I would really love to do that. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Well, Moira, thank you so, so much for coming on my show today. You're thank you for so having courageous. me. Yeah. Oh, my honor, my honor. You're so courageous. And I am I know I could speak for myself and, and please anybody who's listening, let's all pray for your daughter. Cause yeah, that's one thing we can always do, right. you know, mm -hmm. pray for your daughter, all kinds of good intentions, sending them her way. And I've just loved having you on the show. So, and I can't wait for the retreat. I know. I will be there. <laughs> good. Excellent. I'll put you on that list. All right. Well, you have yourself a good one and thank you everybody for listening. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you.